When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're playing better. You know, we're executing better. We're having less missed assignments. I think there's more accountability amongst the players with each other. Um, but there's no, there's no, there's no dramatic change. I know that's, that's not the, what everybody probably wants, but... We, you know, we've continued to get better. We're nowhere near where we want to be yet. We're it's still a better leaving. Better story if there was one. Well, I know it would be. It would be great. It would, it would fit. It would fit. The, it would fit things better. But, uh, but no. Excuse. All kidding aside, it's, it's hard. It's hard to build. It's hard to be young. It's hard to make mistakes. It's hard to make mistakes at critical times. And this is the National Football League, so we're making less mistakes. We're making more plays. We're still guys. Too still too many plays out there. We're still leaving points on the board that we can't, we can't leave them out there. But I think we're getting better. Now that's Matt Canada, and he's speaking the truth. And if you need truth, you got stats to back it up. You know, you got since the bye, the past four games, the Steelers are averaging 23.3 points. Is it where you want to be? Nah, you'd like to be higher, of course. But the fact of the matter is, Wes, and Wes joins me in the locker room, our man Max is still a little under the weather. But hopefully he's about ready to turn the corner, and hopefully he will be meeting us at Acrisure Stadium on Sunday. But Wesley... When you see you hear Matt Canada, who's been under fire for a lot of stuff, right? Uh, he's he, he, he's got a point. They're playing better. We're executing better. We have less missed assignments. These are all things that are very important. Again, since the bye, twenty three point three points, three hundred fifty one total yards are averaging, one hundred sixty one point three yards rushing. Gad Zooks, you got Kenny Pickett going one hundred twenty eight straight passes without an INT. You've got the past three games. Kenny Pickett has posted career-high quarterback ratings in each of the last three games. Yeah, that's evidence things are moving in the right direction. Good morning, Mr. Wolf. Yeah, by the way, good morning. <laughs> oh, hello. We meet again. Yes, we do meet again. Our man, Max, uh, just let me know. Um, he's, uh, you know he's, he's, he's getting better. He's hopefully going to be ready to travel tomorrow. Well, he better not. I mean, you don't practice all week. You don't play on Sunday. That's how this works. <laughs> That's right. We got Friday. We got it. Oh, yes. Yes, he's hey, on the injury report. Text him right now and say, sorry, buddy, you don't practice, yeah. you don't play. I mean, that's, uh, you know, nobody gets favoritism around here. The coach coaches everybody the same. Well, then let me ask you, are you going to be engineer and sideline? <laughs> if I could somehow pull that off, I'm willing to try. Oh, my goodness. I'm willing to try. Uh, although maybe Max engineers for me and I do sideline reporting. How about that? Absolutely. There you go. I, how about we make a real idiot do it, and I'll do it. <laughs> we uh, 
certainly have seen progress with this offense, Wolf, particularly since the bye week. Um, it's been encouraging. You know, it is not It's not the final uh, work of art yet. You know, it's not the Mona Lisa. It's not the Sistine Chapel just quite yet, but it's moving in the right direction. It's getting there. They've been scoring more points. They've been moving the football more effectively. I think particularly longer drives, right? Um, I believe it was five. The Steelers had five drives on Sunday uh, against Atlanta of nine plays or more. Uh, you had a 14 player in there. You had a 16 player right. in there. Um, so, yes, we would like them to, you know, I've been saying it all week. We would like them to finish in the end zone as opposed to through the uprights more often still. That's, you know, maybe the final piece of this of this progress. Um, but they have been doing a good job of, of controlling the clock, insulating their own defense, wearing down the other defense at the same time. Um, and these are all, you know, kind of. I think boxes that you can check on those those lists of improvements. Again, not you know not a, not a finished product, but much better than where they were earlier in the season. And I think improving every week since the bye week certainly. No doubt about it. Look, the Steelers, of course, they were six of twelve in uh, in Falcon Line there at the Mercedes Benz Stadium on third down conversions. Right, that's pretty pretty dead gum good. All right, fifty percent. That's what you want. You want fifty percent is the goal you want to get to. And always above it is better, right? No doubt. But over the last four games, the Steelers have also converted on exactly 50% of their attempts. They've got a first down on 30 of 60 third down tries. That's good football, man. That's good offensive football. That's getting the job done in that aspect, continuing along with the time of possession. As you said, they're leaving too many points on the field, and Matt Canada was the first to address that. You're leaving too many points on the field. Got it. The fact is, when you're dealing with a rookie quarterback and some of the other things that have been happening, uh, that's this isn't the worst thing that can happen. The offense is slowly rounding into the shape that you want. The running game has been outstanding. We haven't seen a running game like this for quite some time. Uh, so it's it's truly it's one of the things you want to uh, keep rolling along with. So I'm excited about it. It's it's headed in the right direction, and that's. To me, that's huge improvements. You know, you, to keep going down that road of improving and each player start to get uh, better at their job, just 1% better, as Coach Noel always used to talk about. You got to get 1% better. Keep working at it each week. Try to add that 1%, getting better. Run your routes just a little bit better. Be able to run from uh, running in man coverage along the sidelines and be able to locate the ball, whipping your head around and reaching for the receiver's hands just 1% better. Yeah. You know, all these things, if you add that up, you get yourself a nice, serious group of guys that are rolling forward, and the combined effort comes out in victories. And you're going to need that this week. Yeah. You certainly are. <laughs> no uh... – no, no, no disrespect to some of the teams that we've seen recently. Right, right. Uh, no disrespect to the Saints, the Colts, the Falcons, the Bengals are a little bit better, I think, in a, in a tier above those teams certainly. And they obviously were, were just in the Super Bowl this past season in the reigning uh, division and AFC champions. But since the bye week, Wolf, I think it's fair to say that you haven't seen a defense like you're going to see in this Ravens one. Um, the experience and the pedigree that they have up front the tandem that they have in the middle of the field with Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith. I mean, my goodness, 
if if they were just wearing a, a different logo and a different uniform, Wolf, I would be gushing over those two and talking about how much I, know. I love watching <laughs> them play. Because there's few there's few things that tickle my Pittsburgh born and bred heart like a nasty linebacker tandem, I tell you. And uh, and those two certainly are that. And then on the back end, they've got playmakers as well too. That we all know the name. I think the names. I think you know Marlon Humphreys is kind of the ringleader there. And then on down the list. Um, this is a challenge. And I know statistically Indianapolis had a good defense, and I know statistically the Saints have a pretty good defense, but but they do not have the the dogs like this Baltimore Ravens defense does. Or the on, history. Or the history, right, exactly, too. On And like I just kind of laid out, every level of this defense as well, too, from, from the front to the linebackers to the back end, they've got playmakers, they've got experience everywhere. This, to me, uh, that's the thing I'm most excited to see play out on Sunday, Wolf, is the Steelers' offense. They've made progress these last couple weeks against some against some good defenses. Now can you do it against one of the, you know, one of the better units in the National Football League? Can you continue to progress in a rivalry game, in a huge matchup uh, against a, a, a lot of talented guys on the other side of the football? That, I think, is is the thing I'm most looking forward to on Sunday. Well, one of the keys is going to be, as I just talked about, the third down conversions, being able to roll those chains, right? Well, at the beginning of the year, the Steelers were at the very bottom of the league in time of possession. They're now, they're seventh in the league. They're holding on to the ball for an average of about 31 minutes a game. And over their past three games, they've had time of possession of almost 32 minutes. That's amazing. All right? Only one better, uh, only Washington is better than the Ravens because the Ravens, I have a time of possession where they're holding the ball for nearly 33 minutes. And both teams, that being the Steelers and the Ravens, possessed the ball for well over 32 minutes in their most recent games. Look at it's hanging on to the ball. It's going to be able to – who's going to be able to keep their offense out there and hang on to that ball? And one of the guys that you've got to confront on this defense, as you talked about, this is a defense – you always know the Ravens are going to bring some ballistic feistiness. I mean, it's gonna. It's one of those deals where it's two trains, one track. It's one of those uh, you don't have to worry about sending forget-me-not flowers or I'm sorry for the cheap shot I just laid on you because you go into that knowing there's going to be some cheap shots taken. It's just one of those deals. At least you're buttoned up and you know going ahead of time what's going to happen there. But one of the dudes that you got to make sure that you get a hat, maybe two hats, maybe three hats, Calais Campbell, all six foot eight, three hundred and seven pounds of this fifteen year veteran. I'm watching the film last night. I gotta tell you something, man. This guy does not look like a fifteen year veteran. I know. I mean, come on. At six eight, three oh seven, normally about fifteen years, uh, the, you, you, you just lose that athleticism. He's got some serious athleticism still about his game watching him come run around blocks and stuff like that, taking on blocks. He lined up on a three technique on one guard, and I'm telling you what, it was who was drive blocking who? Because the Denver guard went backwards like he was on on, on roller skates. It was I was like looking at it going, good grief. You know? <laughs> That's this ain't a draw. This was, you know, the two it was the two mountain goats coming across each other and having a go, <laughs> and, and the Denver guard lost badly. <laughs> yeah, listen, they they're na- I mean they're nasty up front. They certainly are, and that's that's what I like about the the mix they have there. Wolf is they have the veteran experience and and savvy and the, the you know some of the the fine wine elements that we right. that we discussed. You know, some some Cam Hayward esque elements. 
and they've got young guys in that in that pile and in that contribution as well too. It's a it's a good balance. It's a dangerous balance, and they are they're they're able to get after the quarterback. They take. I think we talked about this a little bit yesterday. I've been I've been doing a lot of shows this week. It's tough to remember where are you I trying talk. to remember what you did. Where, do, wait, didn't wait, wait, do. what did I discuss with you? What did I discuss with <laughs> Arthur Motes? So hold on a second. Did I already talk about this? Am I coming from the MVP? Am I, MVP. Am I coming from the Department of Redundancy Department here? <laughs> what am I doing? Um, they they uh they are an aggressive defense. They are. They they will they take. Are, they yes. will fly around. They will take some chances. At times, they will risk some gap integrity. Uh, but more often than not, it, it's paid off for them. That's why they have 20 takeaways. That's why they are third best in the NFL in terms of uh, turnover ratio. They they have a defense that can take the ball away, that can create those splash plays, and uh, and and you got to be. I mean, you got to be buttoned up. Again, I I know I, I probably sound like a broken record, but this is this is a real test for this Steelers Steelers offense. And you look at the schedule the rest of the way. I mean, I know you have to see Baltimore again. Aside from that that other Ravens matchup, like this might be the the biggest challenge you face in terms of you know the Steelers offense against an opposing defense for the rest of the season let's uh let's see what you're made of here Sunday at one o'clock absolutely you know I look again I look at Calais Campbell he's got five and a half sacks 13 tackles two forced fumbles six foot eight 307 pounds and he moves across the line you know the line will flip-flop and they'll bring some people in and out but the fact is Calais Campbell is still a force to be reckoned with. And I, I mean, just the sheer overpowering of his uh, the, of his uh, physicality. I mean, just watching him stuff guys and then throwing some of the offensive linemen down to disengage, making the tackle, like almost like it's it's you know the guy's like a you know rented mule. You know, he just whack and he just whacks the guy to the ground and then comes off and puts a whacking on the on the running back. And I'm just like going, man. This guy's level of play hasn't hasn't dropped. Fifteen years of slugging it out in the trenches. How many battles of two trains, one track has this dude had? Yeah, you know he is the Cam Hayward of the Baltimore Ravens. That's for sure. Um, cer- certainly, you also have Broderick Washington in there. Broderick is. Uh, I always think of Broderick Crawford. That was <laughs> one of those uh, cop shows. Yep. Back in the day. Yep. And he was he was kind of a lump. He was, yeah. It, it, don't confuse this Broderick. <laughs> I was going to say this yeah. guy isn't a lump. No, he's not a lump. Uh, he's he's compared to um, Calais. He's a little stumpy. He's six two, three hundred fourteen pounds, but he comes in with uh, fourteen solo tackles and and uh, he's got uh, one sack. But uh, he he'll play nose tackle, play three techniques, he'll play across on both sides. You also have Justin Matabuike, who's six foot three and about. 300 pounds biscuit under 300 pounds he's a three and a half sacker um and then you got odafi Owe, who's uh yep let's see he's got uh, he's about six five 257 he represents the speed rusher up the field and they got behind him they got jason pierre paul jpp yep yeah boy that boy it almost sounds like um number four jason pierre paul yes, out there wolf i i wonder about that you know i mean uh he did have a uh an incident on a july 4th where I think he um he a, a firecracker blew up and he lost one of the digits on his hand, and it made me wonder was is four is, is that like a reminiscent like yeah I got four fingers now or something I don't know I, I don't know you know <laughs> That's I mean I'm a good just one by you I, well, I'm picking up what you're putting down there I'm just I was just wondering it's such an odd number for a defensive end and then just knowing the history he's still a, a you know a, a player to be dealt with he's a 13 year veteran. 
270 pounds. Um, he can still get after it to a good degree. The guy that's a that's a new a newbie coming in, uh, Travis Jones, all six foot four, 335 pounds before breakfast. This guy's, uh, I mean, this guy's so wide across. He's two axe handles across the backside. That's how we used to measure ourselves, you know. Two axe handles, yeah, that's a big keister. Um, but that's your power pack. You got to have a good power pack. That's why you do squatations in the off season and during the season. And you got to go up and down with manhole covers on that bar because you need that power pack. And the power pack is, uh, like I said, it's your ham hocks. Yes, it's them ham hocks, right? <laughs> You're funny. I tell you what. Well, you know these these are. It highly... all gets back to ham, doesn't it? <laughs> These are highly technical terms, my friend. You know, you know, this is something you got to study for years. Like it's almost like being a doctor. Well, that's why you know that's why you just attended Syracuse instead of graduate. You were studying ham hocks and saccharations and cop- copacetic movements. My, my favorite class was staying eligible. My second favorite was lunch. My favorite class was staying eligible. Oh. oh. You know, I've heard a lot of good school-related jokes. I don't know if I've ever heard that one before. It was, uh, wow, it, that was a struggle. I just, I'm not much of a student. See, I struggled when I first got to college, right, Wolf? I, I, yeah. ended, I ended up finishing with fine grades, but I struggled my my freshman year uh, for two reasons. One, I didn't go to class as often as I should have my freshman year. Two was just quite simply, you know, I had a motto in high school that I you can't really carry over to college, and that was. If it can't be done in homeroom, it wasn't meant to be done. <laughs> you know, you get those 15, 20 minutes in homeroom in high school, that's enough time to bust out those those home. Oh, math assignment from last night. All right, 37, 22, 20. Oh, I'll write something down here for my English essay. I mean, if it wasn't if it couldn't be done in homeroom, it wasn't meant to be done. But you know, in college you don't get homeroom. You just roll out of the dorm room and you're already late for class and you decide just to go get breakfast and skip it anyway. You know, part of my problem was, you know. You got the spring break. All right, that's that's the official school spring break. Then I always had the Wolfley spring break. Okay. You know, because there was just, I'm sorry, I'm just too overloaded here. I need a week. <laughs> and I think that pretty much nullified any opportunity to have some great academic comeback. Sure, sure. <laughs> uh, hey, you and me both. Same same church, different pew, you and I, Wolf. <laughs> Exactly. So, all right, let's let's go take a break here because we got to come back and we got to talk a little about the second level guys because as you talked about, these guys bring a bang, and we'll be talking about that and more when we come back in the locker room SNR. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And hits the Back to the three. 
I'll say this. Patrick Queen may be the king of the second level for the Ravens. You know, there's no doubt about it. This young man is just pretty scintillating here in his third year. Brings a real bang. I mean, got a nice yeah. downhill run, Wes. I uh, take a look at him, and I, I see he's got 57 solo tackles, four sacks, one forced fumble, uh, one interception. But he's explosive. He's fast. He's only six foot, 237 in his third year. But great googly moogly. You watch this guy on tape, and he is so quick and penetrating. And when he starts, I, I think I think he's he reminds me of Larry Foot. Larry Foot was very much a a uh, instinctive guy okay you know he pulled the trigger and he bang he would go just like he was shot out of a cannon and sometimes i see the same sort of thing with patrick queen he's reading something or he's on some sort of prearranged blitz but it it, to me there's times when he just pulls the trigger on stuff i mean there's no, no rhyme or reason what he's doing he sees something that triggers him boom and he hits downhill one of the things i think very definitely between roquan smith and patrick queen Tyus Bowser and, of course, the great Justin Houston uh, is is a guy that um, you take a look at those guys. They're capable of doing a lot of damage. And let's not forget Tyus Bowser. Sure, sure. Oh, I mean, Wolf, they, they've got the, the big names and they've got the, you know, the production to go with it. I think sometimes, you know, you could see some of these these units on defense, and maybe they've got the older veterans that were once big names but aren't quite the same. But, man, uh, from Campbell to Pierre-Paul to Bowser, I mean, those are names that football fans have, have known now for a while, and those guys are still productive. And then, like you were saying, when you, when you mix that experience and that tenacity – you know, with a, a young guy like Patrick Queen, I believe just in his third year, um, Roquan Smith, who's not, you know, he's not on his rookie uh, co- contract anymore, but he's still relatively younger. You know, he's kind of in that in-between where he's 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 a veteran, but it's not like he's got, you know, close to double digits in the league or anything like that. Um, they really do. Like, they have, they've got a, they've got a, a nice, a nice blend there, certainly. No doubt about it. Um, you, again... You look at him, Roquan Smith, they went out and got him, and he is yep. a tackling machine all Ooh. by himself. You know, 62 solo tackles, three and a half sacks, two interceptions. Um, again, another one of these guys that they run some fire X type stuff. They'll put Justin, or uh, they'll put uh, Patrick Queen in the A gap, B gap, what have you, threatening sort of blitzes and the line stuff. But the twists that they run between uh, uh, the d- down defensive linemen and the linebackers. It uh, it's it's going to be there's going to be some close moments come Sunday, yeah. Uh, just because these guys are so excellent at timing up the snap and being able to, um, you know, get some downhill bang on. But that's fortunately you're going to be at Acrisure. You're you Kenny can use his voice, his snap count as a weapon, and he's going to need to because job one really for him is going to be when they break the huddle. Todd Blackledge used to tell me Todd Blackledge I played with back in the day. Uh, Penn Stater then played before the Chiefs and Syracuse, and his dad was, uh, full disclosure, he was our offensive line coach, uh, the, the big kahuna. <laughs> um, so anyhow, uh, played with Todd, and Todd used to say, you break the huddle, then you'd walk seven yards up, you know, to get to uh, under center, or you take a couple of steps because, you know, if you were at shotgun. But you, you, you glean information at that point. You're looking over the defense. You start with the safeties. Then you move forward to reading the, the front end of the defense. And that's an important time because here's the thing about the, the Ravens. 
They don't blitz a whole lot. They only blitz one out of five pass rushes or so, you know, uh, one out of five times. Sure. But they come from all over. You know, they. I mean, they fire them from the corner, from the safeties, from the, the linebackers. I, they, you, you've got to identify and have an idea of who's coming, and this is going to be the pre-snap battle that's got to occur and that they're going to have to – Kenny's got to be able to, you know, spy out some of the guys that are tipping off what they're about to do. Yeah, he, he certainly does. It's a, it's a real test for, for young Kenny, for Mason Cole there as well too because you, you have to at least um, be able to identify these guys, right? No all, doubt. All, all the big names, the different things that they're, that they're going to do or try to do and – um, you know, maybe some of that particularly directed at Kenny. Let's let's try and confuse the rookie the first time he's seen us on defense. You know, yeah, he can watch all the film that he wants, but you know, he he's gotta he's gotta see us here in person, and maybe we can do some things to confuse him, disguise some stuff. That's gonna be the game within the game. Um, and 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 you're right. It's a it's a big film study week. It's a big communication week as well, too, right, Wolf? I mean, we oh yeah. That's that's one of those things that you know you kind of take for granted until it's not there. Right. We 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 talk a lot about communication on shows like this when it isn't working out or when it goes poorly. Right. But it's 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 something that you can take it. You could take for granted, um, you know, until it until it starts to go uh, haywire, until it goes wrong at the you know, at the wrong time. And so that's why not only you got to be studying and knowing what's going on from a schematic standpoint, the communication also has to be crisp between Mason Cole, between Kenny, between the rest of those offensive linemen because can't have any missed assignments or anything and make it easier for these guys on Sunday. Absolutely. You know, job one, I, you always watch – you know, I love going down to watch practice. You hang out, you know, it's just like – I don't know. It's just uh, – it's very comforting. You yes. Know? You know, getting to watch it. You're there, you're there yeah, practice, but you're not the one getting hit anymore. I'm not know? getting hit anymore. Nobody can make me <laughs> run. That's – I love that, you know. And then you have a little lunch vacation. By the way, hot tip – the cheeseburger soup is outstanding down there. I'm oh, telling you what, wolf. the chefs over in the back there. You want to talk about soup Nazis? These guys got it going on. Wolf, you know, like the uh, the Seinfeld guys. Right, right. <laughs> wolf, we, uh, me, Moats, and I always make the joke that there's only there's only two people who are undefeated in this world. Russ, Father wolf. Time. Okay. And 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 the chefs at the Steelers cafeteria. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can I can understand that. I'm telling you what, I was killing that cheeseburger soup yesterday oh, and yeah. the day before, actually. Oh, yeah. So, you know, tip of the cap to the gents down there doing such a fine job in the cafetorium down there, whatever you want to call cafetorium. it. Cafetorium. The lunchateria. I don't know. The you know lunchateria. What I mean? You're a so, goof. You're a goofball. Uh, you know, you know what? I'm just a wordsmith. So, uh, <laughs> regardless, getting back to what, what we're talking about now, Patrick Queen, Roquan Smith. I, I can't believe they went out and got Roquan Smith. I know. I mean, that's almost unfair. And it's worked out really well for him. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's he's been exactly what they needed there, a, a experienced guy in the middle of that defense. Um, man, there's some some real peanut butter and jelly to his game and then and, and the way Patrick Queen plays. You know what I mean? Um, Patrick Queen can be that kind of sideline-to-sideline side Tasmanian devil uh, particularly when you've got such a stalwart like Roquan Smith there as well, too. Uh, not to say both of those guys can move. That, that's what makes them such a such a good tandem. But Queen, I think, just a shade more athletic. Roquan, maybe just a shade more physical, right? And it it balances uh, incredibly well there. It, it absolutely does. And it's, it's been a great pickup for them. Um, I mean, 
geez, he's he's got you know well over a hundred tackles already, 114 tackles on the season, three and a half sacks, two interceptions. In his last five games alone, Wolf, he's got 36 tackles out there, which is which is just crazy. Um, and and yeah, I mean this is this is a tandem that is it is formidable. It reminds you of of Farrier and Foot. It reminds yeah. you of you know remember when. Uh, the Niners had Patrick Willis and Navarro Bowman there for a few years. Right. Those oh, two, good call. Those two guys in the middle of that defense, you know, when you've got two v- exceptional, I think that's the word to use, when you've got two exceptional linebackers like these two, man, it's really, it's like a trick up your sleeve. Like there's a lot of things that you can do that, that others can't, and there's a lot of ways that you can make life difficult on the opposing offense. No doubt about it. You know, and that's going to be – that's part and parcel of what's got to be accomplished. But like I said, the identification of the uh, the, the possible blitzer – see, it's funny because like two years ago, was it 2020, I think they were blitzing about half the time. Then it was uh, – they dropped to uh, about uh, 30, 30% of the time last year. Now they're down to like 20%. But the reason is you got enough people that you go four guys up front and right. get after you. right. And uh, like I said, Calais Campbell is still so capable of physically dominating. I still can't believe it in 15, year 15. Man, that's just, it kind of, it makes me shake my head because his ability to be able to reload week in and week out and the performances that I'm seeing on tape are just. He's two years older than our own uh, Arthur Motes. Is he? He is. Oh, my goodness. Think about Arthur should still be playing. Arthur should still be out there playing. (laughs) You know, there's a time for every man, and when that time is up, it's up. You don't want to go back. <laughs> when that time is up, it's up. That's it exactly. Hey, you know, I was I saw I saw Max doing his doing his past sets on Instagram with his uh his my cause my cleats. I mean, oh, he, yeah? he looks like he could still get a few reps in out there. Oh, Max, yeah, he looks young. You know, Max. Is, I mean, he's like the same age as Andrew Whitworth. Yeah, this, I guess Andrew yeah. Whitworth did just retire, but he won the Super Bowl last year. <laughs> Yeah, exactly so. <laughs> exactly so. But I will tell you, they – oh, I just thought of this guy, Daniel Falele. Oh, yeah. All right. 6'8", 380 pounds. Are you, are you kidding me? <laughs> that's that's a big boy. It was so funny because he was working with a guard on a pass rush, and he hand-stabbed out, punched out. He's got the guy with one hand. He's holding him. He thinks that the guard is right there with him. He's holding off one guy with one hand all by himself. <laughs> he doesn't even know that the guard is gone until the guy eventually is able to, you know, like get rushed up the field off of the inside of him. He thinks that somebody else is helping him hold up the guy. He was just by by himself with one oh hand gosh, holding off the guy. That's what you like to see, isn't it? Oh, I mean, I mean that's just dominant. Again, man. we don't, you know, we don't like to give those guys their their credit, but sometimes uh, sometimes even we got to embrace it. You know, 6 foot 8, 380 pounds. Oh, the damage I could have done with that body. <laughs> You'd still body. be playing right oh, now. No, 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 no. But it would have been a whole lot more fun for the kid here, that's for sure. <laughs> All right, we're going to take another break. Uh we come back, we'll wind up talking more about the the Ravens, the Steelers, the big clash coming up. How we need the Steelers faithful coming out here. Acrisure, 1 o'clock kickoff. It's big time. Got to have a lot of big noise. Got to have your, your pipes in tune. Got to have your stamina. So make sure you're eating some carbs and everything, getting ready for the big kickoff there. So we'll be back with more from the locker room here at SNR.
This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. The terrible towel is twirling and using its magical powers on the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right. That's Billy getting the terrible towel ready to go. All right. Now, now, all right. All, all truth. Wes, you told me you got some great sound. All right. So I thought you were going to run like a collage <laughs> of things together. And all of a sudden, it's Billy going, the terrible towel is working his magic. Okay. Okay. Uh, is that all? Oh, that's it. Okay. Well, well, hold on. Hold on. All right. Asking you shall receive. The terrible towel is twirling here at the Georgia Dome. Today, it seemed like Heinz Field South. The Georgia Dome. That's an old one. <laughs> that is an old one. I that. just I put terrible towel into the sound search in our system here, and, you know, it's just, that's, what's, that's what we're coming up with, I guess. Absolutely. Well, here's the thing. You know, we, we started talking about the guys up front. You got a good defensive line led by Calais Campbell, a 15-year veteran who is still destructive and kind of at times he looks like a – I don't know, Rhino going through the wicker department at Ikea. <laughs> you know, I'm just crunch munch and everything else going on around him. Sure, sure. You got Broderick Washington and Justin Matabuike. Uh, two, they're like, uh, they're a little bit like stumps. They're 6'2", 6'3", 300 pounds. A little stumpy. Yeah, a little stumpy. In other words, they're able to take on the double teams. You know, one of the things about being stumpy is that you can keep that low pad level. When two guys come off trying to take on or try to move a stumpy guy, um, if he keeps a lower pad level, it ends up making both guys work against each other sure. if they have not got a, a good leverage. So that's what those guys are all about. And then you got Adafi Owe and uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, two guys that uh, can bring it on the outside. We talked about the second-level guys, Patrick Queen, Roquan Smith, and just what a dynamo Roquan Smith is. And, and he is uh, absolutely a, a great sidecar to uh, Patrick Queen, who I just I got a lot of respect for what he does. He uh, is one of those guys, like I said, very Larry Footish. You remember him, and uh, he was a great one. You got Justin Houston, who's also capable of you know, coming yeah. off the edge. He's got nine sacks. I mean, he's right up there. Um, I don't know what his health situation is right now. I got to check on that today. But um, he, he's one of those guys that can, um, he can do uh, a lot of damage up there. And then you've got Tyus Bowser who, you know, is a six-year guy, one of those strong end man on the line type of uh, set-in-the-edge type guys that does a really good job there. Now, in the secondary, you got a couple of nice uh, safeties. You got Geno Stone and you got Chuck Clark. Chuck Clark we're pretty familiar with. This guy's a six-year veteran. We've seen him before. We've seen him play some good, solid football. The one corner, you got uh, Marlon Humphrey. He's got three interceptions. Yeah. He's also got three sacks. Uh, that's pretty pretty dead gum good there. You know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. No, um, it, it sure is. I think he's one of honestly Wolf. Um, you know, people people who are kind of ingrained in football, I think, talk about and, and respect Marlon Humphrey. But just for like the the casual football fan, right? right? I don't think he gets discussed enough. You know, when 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 talking about the the best defensive backs in the National Football League, right? Everyone always leads off with Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard gets his name thrown in there. And now there's a lot of young cornerbacks like Sertain and and Sauce Gardner and these guys who might be en- entering the conversation. But I I think Humphrey 
is right up there with all those guys. He's such a unique corner in the sense that, you know, he he he's outstanding as a cover corner, but he's right. also physical and can tackle and can get sacks and forces fumbles. He's there's just there's not a lot of like corners in the NFL. I don't know if that makes sense. There's there's not a lot of like you you can't find a lot of Marlon Humphrey type corners. You know, right. like Jalen Ramsey is outstanding, but there's a few Jalen Ramsey type corners in the National Football League. Uh, I don't I don't think the same about Marlon Humphrey. He's got such a unique skill set, and and I think in the grand scheme of things, he actually is a little underrated. Oh, I think I think he's a terrific corner. He and Marcus Peters make up a nice pair. Yeah. Oh you know, my goodness. Marcus Peters is another guy that um, normally he, he lines up on the if you if you're the quarterback, you'd be looking at him on the, on your right side. He normally gets over there and lines up. Um, but anyhow. That back end of the defense, they represent uh, an awful lot of good players there, and they've added another one, and that is a rookie, Kyle Hamilton, their safety. Uh, that guy's 6'4", 221. You watch him. They play him a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, he does a – they, they at, for uh, a number of snaps, they'll put him in, you know, like nickel. No, he'll be, the, he'll be line up over the slot, do some stuff there. Um, the guy is – he gets in the box, and uh, you know he's a pretty big boy, six four, two twenty one. Think about it; that's like Mel Blunt. Yeah, you know, what I mean, yeah. Mel was a little lighter. Uh, he was like two fifteen, two two ten, something like that. But I mean, that's a big, long guy. You know, just think of Mel played today. Cool. He, he'd scared to death receivers. Well, he scared to death receivers forty years ago, so I certainly <laughs> think he would still do it today. Uh, yeah. That's that's a good, that's a good comparison by you there. I like that. Yeah, you know what? Mel was just so. I remember the first time I I pulled on a sweep, I came head to head with Mel, and I I remembered thinking to myself, "This is Mel Blunt as I'm closing in on him." And uh, I I think I drew grass. I think I whiffed. <laughs> he just he just kind of. I'm like, wow, Mel Blunt. And, you know, he sidestepped me. I fell down. That sort of thing. <laughs> it's uh, wow. That was Mel Blunt. I just went. By. I, I was so enamored with those guys. When I first arrived here in 1980, I mean, you have to understand, it was just the cresting of the great 70s. You know, it, it just finished up, and it was about ready to change. But those guys were just ginormous as I was growing up in high school, oh, in yeah. college, watching these guys. And when I got here, it was so funny because the first day when the vets reported, because back then – Right, rookies reported early, right? Yeah, we yeah. would be there. We'd be there a week of doubles, you know, Ooh. without the vets. And then the vets would report, and then we had another week of doubles. Um, and, and I'll never forget just sitting there at lunchtime and watching Lambert walk in, watching Joe Green, Dwight White, Elsie Greenwood, uh, Jack Hamm, uh, Donnie Shell, you know, Ooh. Terry Bradshaw, John Stallworth, Lynn Swan. Mike Webster. Mike Webster. I remember telling Tunchy, go, he's got arms like legs and legs like people. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. That had to be a lot for you, like my first day here at iHeartRadio, Wolf, you know? Well, yeah. I, gr- I grow up listening to you and Tunch and Billy <laughs> and Prasuda and Lolly and and then you know I just walk in the building and I'm 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 in, in all the same studios as these guys. This is pretty Stan Saverin. Oh man, look the Godfather's right down the hallway there. This is pretty cool. But here's the difference: you didn't have to hit any of them. That's a very good point. That's and a very they, good point. they couldn't hit you. They could not hit me. <laughs>
In fact, if they did, I would go straight to HR, baby. <laughs> Let it be known. And here to force If seven. you hit me, there'd only be two hits. Well, if me hitting the ground and then me hitting the phone to call HR. <laughs> All right. We don't have to worry about that. You got <laughs> The ninjas are well supported here in this establishment. So we're going to take a break. We're going to come back with more. We got more to go over. We got the offense. And really, what's going on here? So I we might thank have to you. we might have to open so, some phone lines in the oh, second hour too. Oh, Wolf. I think that's a great idea. Get Zeus, man. <laughs> Maybe a little later on, little tease. Okay, little tease. All right, that's that sounds good. We'll be back with more. We're right here in the locker room. Wes and Wolf Max is reconstituting himself, getting ready for the weekend because he he's got to show up, man. I mean, he's a big part of the show. He is the show. You know what I mean? So He's the big show. He, he is the big show. And we'll have more from the little show. That would be Wes and I right here in the locker room after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 